Welcome to Freedom to Fight. I'm your host, Anira Mathis, and I'm super excited to introduce this episode. Uh, I'm so excited that I already released the video with no edits or anything, because <laughs> I needed people to, to be able to watch it right away. Um, unbelievable experience. Um, so I will introduce my next guest. He is the buggy choker, <laughs> Austin Hart. He's uh, an amazing person, and I think you'll really love this episode as much as I do. <laughs> so without further ado, um, Austin Hart. And then we'll know it's telling the truth. Yep. Yes. Okay. It's recording. Okay. Um, hi. <laughs> hi, Austin. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> My name is Anura Mathis. Uh, I'm the host of Freedom to Fight. And um, so, yeah, we're going to have the, the interview and I'm going to just talk just as normal. So uh, this is how, how goofy and silly I am. I, I forget stuff. I can solve like really complex problems. But I also trip over stuff and just, I'm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm <You're> normal. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on this. Thanks for coming. I'm like, uh, I haven't even told a lot of, I told my, my family, but they don't even know what that means because I just got into martial arts. So it's really funny. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Congrats on your your competition you were talking about. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I'm not going to compete, but I definitely um, will maybe next year once I know I'm fully recovered from the concussion. But um, I'm going to pause and ask you to introduce yourself and uh, your your titles and all the stuff that <laughs> comes along with your name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, Austin Hart. I'm a psychiatric nurse. I love jujitsu. I'm a Health Gracie blue belt uh, out of Health Gracie Berkeley with Professor Eduardo Fraga. And uh, I've been training jujitsu since uh, college, so maybe 15 years on and off. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, if, you, if you heard of the legend of the the buggy choke, the white belt, that's me. Yeah. I'm so, so thrilled. I, you, I have to know this move and how to do it. And just, I'm kind of obsessed just with jujitsu in general, but that this is something new because this might part of my personality is just figure out how to improve this. So, um, so excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I remember you were telling me you were working on on the technique. That's that's dope. I want to work on it, but I just uh, I if I'm not practicing in a gym, you know, with with people, I'm mm. not. Re I mean, I I shadow box at home. I do uh, stretches and stuff for jujitsu. I I do practice things, but not like mm. moves uh, without yeah. a person. So I haven't yeah. I haven't been able to yeah. Practice yeah. the buggy chip. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's tough without a, a partner. That's that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have a puppy <laughs> that uh, gets some of my jujitsu moves. She uh, <laughs> and she naturally frames and mm. uh, you know gets out and stuff. So it's a nice. it's a fun time. <laughs> so I want to ask you. So fifteen years start from the beginning of your jujitsu oh, uh, journey. Okay, so. In high school, we didn't have wrestling, but my best friend Kyle and I, you know, we'd, we'd grapple to submission. We'd, we didn't know any technique, but it's like, okay, we just go till somebody gives up. Um, and we had a, one summer, we had this video game, and there were five of us that wanted to play it, and only four controllers. So, you know, the loser out of the five-man grappling tournament couldn't play. So uh, that was probably my introduction to grappling. And I remember I dropped my buddy David on his face. I, I locked him up in like a full Nelson from behind. I dropped him on his face and he tapped out on the impact. Uh, <laughs> it was in my, my grandma's backyard. Um, and I remember my best friend Kyle, he like, he put me in kind of like a uh, rear naked choke, but instead of like putting the hooks in with his feet, he put his knee in my back and he was like pulling my neck up, choking me. And he's like, give up, bitch, before you choke to death. <laughs> um, yeah. And then in college, uh, my buddy Jay, Jay Kala, he uh, he showed me like rear naked choke. He showed me. Um, so like he let me put him in a rear naked choke. And then like I had my feet crossed. Right. And he was like. I'm going to tap you out in two seconds. I was like, yeah, all right. I'm about to choke you out. And then, you know, he put the feet over and extended. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, and then uh, a bunch of the Hawaii guys in college uh, would go train with, um, I think, Dave Terrell in Napa, if I recall. Um, I went down there one time years later with a coworker I worked with in Napa. Good guys out there. And then... Uh, um let's see uh there was a, a free jiu-jitsu class with bay jiu-jitsu um that was advertised and uh my ex-girlfriend was like hey let's go do this so you know i thought i uh, thought you know I, I lifted a little bit of weights back then so um i uh i went out to the class and i was like oh you know i'm i'm a badass I could beat this instructor. He's like 40 pounds lighter than me, a little short guy. He whooped me like seven times, like nothing, you know? And I went outside, projectile vomited. I was like so exhausted. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh my God, I just got, you know, put to shame in front of my ex and my girlfriend at the time. I was like, how did this guy do this to me? I got to learn this. And, um, yeah, then uh, I went to uh, Half Gracie Berkeley, and my dumb ass was like, oh, they grapple in pajamas. That's not real fighting. Yeah, I'm cool. And then um, I went in there, and the white belts all choked me out, like, whooped me like nothing. I remember this one dude, Alexei, was, um, he's a white belt, a little lighter than me, and I was like, um, I was sure I was going to win. I was sure I could get him. And, and he put me in like a chicken wing, uh, like a bow and arrow choke. Uh, and I, I, went, I went to sleep and I woke up thinking I had won. I was like, good job tapping out, bro. Oh. He's like lifted 
eggs. Like, bro, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Anyway, um, and this other dude, uh, Mark J. Acosta, he was like, or purple belt at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I had probably 50 pounds on him. I was on top of him, like driving pressure, trying to choke him from on top. And he's like playing open guard with his feet on my hips. He lifted my butt in the air and cross collar choked me like asleep from from underneath me. And I woke up. I woke up that time and I was like, oh, my God. This is legit, literal magic. Like if this tiny dude can choke me unconscious from a position I thought I was crushing him, you know, I was like, I got to learn this. This is this is real magic. You know, this is like Naruto powers. Um, I was hooked. To share, or someone's to ask from what you shared. Um, I have to go back to the beginning <laughs> because mm -hmm. you, I'm not, I'm not a boy. I'm, I wasn't, I, I had a lot of brothers, so I was raised mm -hmm. as a boy. But uh, throwing your your friend on the ground face first <laughs> <laughs> as a <laughs> as a kid in your grandmother's house. What happened? Like, what what was the next couple of scenes after that? So, I actually, you know, I left out the part where he was tossing me around the yard and, and ragdolling me and just whooping me for maybe, I don't know, seven or eight minutes. And then he got tired. I guess he tired himself out because, you know, I, he didn't he didn't finish me. He was he was just stronger than me and whapping me around. Um, so I got him in the full Nelson and then like we were both standing, I was standing behind him and then dropped him just like timber. Just right out of face. himself at all. Um, <laughs> he just kind of groaned and <laughs> he gave up. I forget what he said exactly, but, um, yeah, he, he tapped out and then, uh, so you know, I lost to Kyle and Tim and Josh, I think, were the, or Paul. Anyway, I, I barely made the cut, you know. Um, so then we played, uh, we played that game all summer and David never got to play. Uh, that's about, that's about it. This is something I can relate, the whole game thing. I'm, I, I have a huge family. So, um, I had I had four brothers. I have three. My oldest brother passed away last year, but I have very two sorry. sisters. Thank thank you very much. Um, so there, I still have I have a lot of siblings, <laughs> and we didn't all get a turn on the video games, especially me. And they <laughs> they picked on me, and I'm still the same. Like I I never I wasn't violent as a kid. I wasn't. Uh, picking fights or anything. I just wanted to play and be a part of things. Yeah. I've yeah. learned I learned all of the the video games by watching my brothers play. So then I learned right. all of the the levels and then I got better than them. And they still <laughs> picked on me. They would they would they would fart in my face when I would take <laughs> naps after school. Bare ass. <laughs> when I go back, when I go back home to Texas for for the holiday, everybody's getting their ass beat. Everybody, everybody that didn't know that I was training in martial arts and now I'm good. I'm getting everybody. Like, fart on me now. Fart on me now. 
That was the extent of the violence. You know, there was no, there was no throwing people on their faces. Multiple, like doing this on a regular basis was not tolerated in my household. So thank you for giving me some perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My grandma probably wouldn't have tolerated it either. I don't think she knew (laughs) we were fighting in the back. Um, but that applies to martial arts in a way it is uh connecting with your animal the animal part of you um that may may not it doesn't actually have to um come out in certain ways it can be structured and controlled and but but i what i've learned through martial arts is accepting the shadow self like accepting Mm. that sometimes if somebody's threatening you, <laughs> you're going to mm. have to kick some out. You're going to have to do it because it's you or this person. And yeah. now, now, like all of the crisis situations I've been since I've moved to the state, I, mm. I, you, you better fucking do that because that's your, that's your life. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why I got into martial arts is because there's a lot of unsafe situations since the pandemic and, it, you gotta. You need to be in shape. You need to be healthy. You need to have your sleep mastered, your water down, your supplements, mm. all of your health stuff, your mental health stuff. Go to a therapist or go to a church or go to do whatever you need to do because we're still in a pandemic <laughs> and yeah. things, more things are coming. They're coming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, a big part of what drove me to really invest in training is like uh, I, I work in acute psychiatric hospitals for the last 12 years and um, you know jiu-jitsu is perfect for that because you have violence somewhat routinely really um, and you have situations that um, you know you need to be able to safely and non-violently control someone to you know to keep them safe or to keep them from killing somebody um, and if you can do that without striking, if you can do that without, I mean, obviously you can't strike you're in the hospital, you're in a professional immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, if, if you have jujitsu, you can hold somebody, you can like, even before it comes to a physical situation, you're not scared because you know you're ready to protect them. You know you're ready to protect yourself in a way that won't get you in trouble. You know you can you know, keep the person safe. You know you can keep yourself safe. So you don't have the same like fear reaction where you might, you know, a lot of people are from anger or, or just, you know, like it's much easier to calm somebody down if I'm actually not afraid of them, but if I'm like afraid, it's gonna, they're going to sense that, you know, it's like you said, the animal part of us, like, and that's something I love in jujitsu too, is how you can, you can like feel your partner's thoughts. You can, because you can feel everything they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, you can feel their sneaky Kimura, you know, so it's, uh, it's so cool to be able to, uh, have it play into being useful in my career as well. Um, and, and it also puts coworkers at ease knowing that you train, you know, like they feel safer with you there. 
Um, so, and, and the patients too, you know, after, after, let's say a patient's there for like three months and let's say, you know, some violence happens like two or three times in that period of time. Let's say they're not even violent, it's somebody else. But if the patient witnesses you compassionately protecting someone or, you know, you know, in a violent situation, efficiently handling it and, you know, and they can tell you're not afraid. You could, they can tell you can maintain that compassionate, sincere, caring kind of calmness. You know, it's a uh, man goes a long way for them wanting you around. You know, job security. I, I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that uh, you brought up a couple of different aspects, but the aspect of it, jujitsu changing the energy and the yeah. environment that you're in. It's 100%. it's. It brings safety instead of the opposite. It brings yeah. calm instead of the opposite, which that's what I was terrified of every MMA fighter and in the UFC. Just I couldn't even look at it because I'm such a sensitive person. When mm -hmm. I see someone hurting, I feel they're hurt. Right. So it's not it, that was never enjoyable to me mm -hmm. until I learned what that was. So mm -hmm. now that I know what it is. It doesn't scare me. It's it's sometimes there's there's some very serious fights that happen in the UFC that are terrifying. But oh yeah, um, it, the idea of it is not scary. I I'm I've been punched in the face plenty of times. I mean, because I didn't move, <laughs> you know, like I didn't block or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I got to work on my head movement too. <laughs> right. Right. But but to not make too light of that because I just I'm recovering from a, a concussion so I know that there were some things that that were as far as safety I didn't do and and things weren't done that way but um, for the most part it's it's um, look at that as the same way that I look at life I mean th that's a karmic relationship. <laughs> So karma is hitting me in the face. <laughs> and if I want to move, then I, or, or not get hit. Um, I've got to utilize the skills that I'm, I'm learning. So if it's literally in Muay Thai, or if it's patient, I don't, I don't want to activate a patient that's already activated. That's already in, in an unfamiliar situation around professionals that, I don't know what what's their relationship with a professional. Is it uh, have has everybody else tried to hurt them before they got here? Right. Uh, there, there's so many things to think of. If I could bring that aspect of not activating someone and using my skills to keep a, an environment calm, like that's life. <laughs> I just learned everything I need to about life and relationships. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Totally. Yeah, um, there's been uh, uh, one couple stories come to mind. One is the guy, big, tall dude. He's like, you know, he's a badass dude. He he had a he comes from a rough situation, you know, and uh, they brought him in the hospital and they put him on a two week psychiatric hold after his first three day psychiatric hold. He's pissed off. You know, he's just, he's trying to hold it together. He's not trying to get in more trouble. He's trying to, you know, just do whatever the doctor wants him to do and then get out. You know, he's trying to hold it together. He's pissed off. He's stressed out. 
and he's you know he's trying to distract himself he's playing some cards on the table in the day room and there's other patients around staff around and this this one kid some other patient i guess he's like can't handle noise or he gets re- real irritable and he doesn't really speak up for himself so you know i don't i don't know what was going on with that guy but the sound of of the one dude who was stressed out playing cards he's just like shuffling the cards and trying to distract himself with the cards i guess it irritated the the guy uh, the young man sitting next to him and that dude threw a book at gangster dude's face oh, and and wow. they threw the book at his face like he's like way smaller right and like soft kid i don't know what he was thinking but he threw a book at dude's face and then dude started punching him in the face and choking him with both hands so you know people started screaming in there so i run over there my other coworker chris runs over there we each grab one of dude's arms because he's trying to choke the kid who's like down on a chair in the corner and uh you know, he rips his arm free from Chris. So it's just me holding him now. Uh, I figure more staff are coming for backup, but they're not there yet. But he rips his arm free and he goes to try to hit the kid more. So I'm like, all right, I got to take him down. So I pull him down backwards on top of me. And then like by that time, there's like two other dudes there. Uh, I think it was anyway, names aren't that relevant, but it was Joe Mark and Noel or Joe Mark and Jess. So it's four of us holding dude on the ground and he just powers up. He stands up with all four of us holding him down. We can't even hold him down. So I'm on his right arm. Chris is on his left arm. We got the two dudes on one on each leg and he's fighting us. He's like, you know, hold him. And, um, you know, he's like, let go of me, let go of me. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, relax your body. We're going to let go of you. Stop fighting. We're going to let go of you. As soon as you relax, you know, he, he won't hear it. He's still fighting. He's like, let go of me, let go of me. I'm like, bro, you got nothing to lose by trying this. Just relax your body. We're going to let go of you. Just stop moving. We're going to let go of you. He stopped moving. He believed me. I was, I was like, you're going to hurt us? You're going to fight anybody? He goes, he goes, nope. Shakes his head. And I'm like, guys, let go. So then we all let go. And then, you know, he's standing there. He's like shaking how pissed off he is. He's like, I'm, I'm already stuck in this damn hospital. This motherfucker just disrespected me, threw a book at my face. Like, I'm already trying to hold it together and I got to deal with this. This is ridiculous, right? So I was like, all right, bro, what can I do? What can I do to help you out? Like, help you calm down? He was like, give me 10 Vikes, 10 Vicodin, right? And he had an order for um, two, two Vicodins because he had back pain or something, you know? So I hooked him up with the PRN Vicodin and then I called the doctor for some like extra meds, uh, Ativan, probably some Haldol, Benadryl, some like just like, you know, calming meds. And then because like, I mean, he wasn't psychotic. He's just pissed off. He's in a rough situation. Dude just disrespected him. It's like I wasn't even mad at him. I'm like, I'm not saying to do it, but, you know, it's, it's kind of understandable. So it's like just help the dude calm down. So like he you know he he wasn't violent any further for that whole hospitalization he got out but like maybe six months later he came back to the hospital and i remember when they were rolling him in on the step on the stretcher and he was like hey austin you know jujitsu you remember me and he was cool the whole hospitalization he didn't hurt anybody you know so like 
that's one example where like um my experiences with jujitsu it's like you can you can take a situation that could be just like deeply traumatic like that situation could have gone really bad where he's fighting us he's fighting us a lot of times in the psychiatric hospital they're just going to grab you they're going to scoop you up tie you down to a bed give you shots of sedating medications you know, it's super traumatic and that doesn't build trust with the, the providers. It doesn't build an alliance with where you might be able to get help with if you're really sick or you're really in a rough situation where you can't control your behavior from being dangerous to yourself or others. So, uh, you know, from from there, like we took that situation and made it into something where he, he developed trust in in the, the care team. He developed trust in myself. He, uh, you know, because I, I told him, I was like, look, everything you're saying makes sense to me. You have every reason to want to hurt this dude. He just disrespected you. He just threw a book in your face. You're already stressed out. So, like, there's nothing crazy about what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, you got to take something to calm down. But, um, yeah, it, it, it can really be a, a game changer, like lifesaver in, in all sorts of ways, jujitsu. And, like, man, if if all cops train jiu-jitsu will have like so yeah, have all kinds of stuff you know it, it's just uh, man i think uh like i know um hiron and henry gracie are, are uh doing great things with um training the cops and getting a lot of police uh training you know advocating for that as well I want to say two things, but something about the cops, because you just you're just bringing up um, cops, police officers that I my um, one of my first intentions in in starting like a group therapy was really with police officers and people that have been um, unfortunately um, brutalized by police officers or, or yeah. um, people that have you know, been been in the system and and not the right way. So having a space for them to talk and and try to to reconnect uh, that in every community. It's it's a an idea. It's a model from from a different group that I I've connected with and I can't think of their name right now. But I I think jujitsu is one aspect and a huge aspect. It will literally save people's lives. Um, but. But also having the aspect of human beings, and and that's something that is removed from the conversation. That it's them, and it's and it's us, or vice versa. It's mm -hmm. human beings that are not getting enough support. And if right. there is a place for for everybody to talk as human beings, if this scared the shit out of me, like this, like. All, all of that stuff, there can be some healing and not this, we're putting human beings on a pedestal and expecting them to do everything, mental health care, everything. Like police, police officers are not trained to do that. It's not fair. It's, it's yeah. just where, where I'm getting at. I, and I, I have other arguments as well, but that's the argument I want to make is that if we give people what they need, then our systems will look better. <laughs> It'll reflect you know, what we're putting in. And um, it, it would be really nice for people not to fear police officers for yeah. one reason or another. Yeah. That would be amazing if we could get there. Yeah. I want to help that. I don't, I don't know how to do that 
while every, you know, I'm trying to get everything else on, off the ground, but soon I want to start those, those groups. Awesome. Um, the other thing I want to share is not, it's traumatic. So I want to preface that. Um, I had a situation happen to me while I was in the hospital, similar mm -hmm. to the story you just told me. Um, and it's really new because I, I was just in the hospital the end of October and um, it's just now November. So I, I, there were a lot of mistakes that the hospital made. It, it, they're also human beings. They're also human beings working a system that was made by human beings. So there's faults in the system. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, and I, you know, I got trained in a hospital. My, um, for my internship, I was in a county hospital in Texas, and I was also in a community center. So we helped the students on campus, but people in the community as well. So I did two internships. And nice. I had a relationship with that hospital prior because I was doing research as a volunteer. Um, so I have worked in hospitals. I've trained with doctors. I've, I've seen the mistakes they make. I've seen the mistakes that we make as mental health professionals. It's um, mistakes are, are, are to be expected. Mm -hmm. My situation, I... I was the one to reach out to the ambulance. You know, I was I was mm -hmm. reaching out because I knew something was wrong. I couldn't figure out what was wrong because I've never mm -hmm. had a concussion before. But uh, I knew something was wrong and I needed to. My blood pressure was high. I knew I needed to go. So mm -hmm. um, and having them come out, I think there was some miscommunication because I was talking to my therapist about it, too. I, I'm, I'm a therapist. I'm going to tell yeah. my therapist. What's right. going on in my life, right. and that it's not a, it's not a, um, you know, um, what's the term I'm thinking? Of? It's not a suicidal or homicidal issue. <laughs> I, I assured that with right. with her, and and mm. and hopefully the crisis line, but I don't think that was communicated. So when mm. the ambulance showed up, they were there for a different reason, mm. and they addressed it. So I was on the phone with my dad and uncle, conference call. Like we need, I need to get to the hospital now. <laughs> so, uh, how do we do that? They're in a different state. They're away from me. Um, but I'm getting a knock on the door from the ambulance, and I'm upstairs because I have a townhome, and they're yelling at me. They're yelling at me to come right. down. I, I open the door. There's there. My my um townhome is stairs first, so it's. Some people have the stairs on the outside, I have the stairs on the inside. So it's a tiny little doorway with stairs, and then there's the top level. So letting mm. one ambulance in, one um, yeah. one employee in, mm. he was still very close to me. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. wearing a mask, shouting right. at me. I have my family on the phone. He's trying right. to hang up the phone. <laughs> I'm like, you're in my house. Listen. Mm. We're going to have to do something real quick because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. this is not okay. I'm right. sitting on the stairs and he's hovering over me. I'm yeah. having a panic attack now You're like, because this person is, I mean, this person is threatening to me. That's what's happening. Absolutely. So, They're in your home. You've done nothing wrong, nothing illegal. You called for help. You're not suicidal. You're not homicidal. And he's coming up on you like that. It's like, oh. <laughs> My dad and my uncle were on the phone. They're talking to him. 
This is being recorded on my ring door camera. All of this is happening incredibly wrong. And I'm having a panic attack because I can't figure out what the fuck is happening. So I, I asked this man to get out of my house very nicely. I said, I'm going to get a neighbor to take me somebody. I'm not going to get in a car with you now. We're not going to do that. There were almost, there were nearly 10 outside of my window at like 7 a.m. and I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. Let's c- come on, guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There, there uh, were mistakes that were made. They left. This is a scene in my neighborhood. I live in right. one of the richest areas in the state. This That's is, it. I'm the only black person on my street. There, right. I'm going to get some attention. So right. my neighbor to take me. I told the hospital, I have a concussion. They didn't even believe I did martial arts. Right, right. I had to convince them that that's what I was doing. I had to convince them I'm a trauma therapist. They didn't even, they didn't even ask what I do for a living. Right. Like, right. they didn't know any of that, but they treated me as somebody that's lying about their condition and not wanting medication. And right. they gave me Benadryl and I went to sleep and woke up and felt better because <laughs> I had a concussion. <laughs> They, they didn't test for those things first. And then right. they wrote on my discharge paperwork symptoms or something like that from a concussion and gave right. me instructions of, so that, that was the most traumatic event mm. that started two other traumatic events of me yeah. returning to that same hospital, two other, so three times total, still mm-hmm. having to convince them that I'm not mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, I lost some people in my family, so I'm grieving, but I'm yeah. not crazy. I'm exactly. not crazy. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to do this. I'm paying you to take care of me while I can't take care of myself. Exactly. And you're asking me the same questions over and I'm, I am so intelligent, apparently, that I was able to kind of ask those questions back to them and test them. And, and just like any other client, I guess, but the the biggest thing is that when they're putting my name in their system they're realizing that my clinical notes are in their system because i worked for the hospital system so i i guess i guess i guess maybe there'll be an apology or something instead of me having to make this or that public like i i don't understand how a hospital a a, (laughs) A group of people are taught to um, handle or manage or whatever the word somebody's mental health in this way. How how is that not going to be traumatizing to them? They strapped me down two times. They put me in an observation room to make sure that I wasn't dangerous once they realized that I I did martial arts. So I was strapped down (laughs) twice. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it, it, it really, it, it is appalling how frequently people in a psychiatric hospital kind of, it, it, they get like jaded, they get like, um, like they just like, they just assume you, there's something wrong with how you think, or just uh, like assume that you're kind of crazy or something most likely, and then they treat you like that instead of like, assuming this is a human brother or sister and and who knows what they're going through, who knows what it's like in their experience. And my purpose and my role is to support and to protect and to serve that person. 
and it's not my role at all to judge them okay it's like uh man if anything it's my my purpose is to to like build trust with that person by demonstrating trustworthiness in the littlest things like offering snacks or like something to eat or like uh ask them what they need or like you know it's not it's not about you know oh i'm the professional so i what i think about this person is right it's like it's like you said i'm i'm in business because they came to this hospital you know without that's my livelihood like you know if, if people didn't have problems then i wouldn't have a job you know but that's not to say that the majority of people in the psych hospital they're not crazy the majority of them now like a lot of them they're very crazy they're really psychotic but it's not the majority you know the majority that i care for and i work on all sorts of units um uh they're not crazy they're just like maybe depressed maybe you know traumatized trauma is a huge element for a huge portion of the population um and and like you're talking about um concussion oh my god that's we're still developing our our understanding of, of proper treatment for that i'm gonna reiterate some of the greats that i've heard say rose gracie is doing some of the most amazing just God's work on uh, concussion and uh, concussion recovery and treatment, um, CTE, and um, there's there's a lot of lot of good stuff happening with that because the symptoms are are not well known and they could be misdiagnosed as psychiatric um, you know illness and it's like no no this is like concussion is legit like and and the effect lasts a long time sometimes you know like over years you know years. Yeah. They said a couple of weeks to a few years. And I, yeah. when I read that the first time I went, I, I panicked and I cried everything because that could mean you, I, that could have meant I was in a coma. It could you know? mean that I don't have access to my intelligence anymore, which means you, if you have a concussion, you can't even drive. And I was yeah. a driver for Lyft for a while. Like mm. I, everything stopped. Like, but but the the more the the what took more of my energy was convincing this hospital I wasn't crazy that I I actually know the protocol a lot better than you do I taught the protocol to doctors in your hospital system for free I just I don't I don't um everything happens for a reason I don't know what to do because I'm not a I'm trying not to be an egotistical person. I know that I have an ego, but Me I make too. sure that that's not, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a monster. I'm not crazy. I'm not, I'm trying to make sure that that's the case. And it's like, what am I supposed to, I know things more than they do, like more, way more. I've, I've, I've worked in private practice. I worked under somebody, um, meaning that I basically worked for myself um, through all of my trauma. I was able to establish a, a virtual office. I had an in-person office. I had a caseload. I, I helped people get better while I was getting better during a pandemic. And, mm -hmm. and they actually got better from me rather than the other professionals that they, so I have to give myself credit because I know you have to know that it's not an ego thing. It's a factual thing. You need yeah. to know where you stand as a professional 
I know I know what I'm talking about. I learned EMDR therapy last year and while I was also getting the therapy. So I was looking for from both sides and able to kind of teach that in my in my training class. Like these are my experiences. I know that this works this way because I've gone through it. I've I've that's my the past 10, 15 years of my life has been me getting mental health care um, in one one way or another and or me getting the education around mental health care and applying that to my life. I mean, I, I know it very well and I know the hospital did not know it well at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that reminds me of. Um, uh, so the one of the units I work on most frequently is um, uh, part of what we do is like an eating disorder program. So one of the things that happens like with somebody who's say anorexic and starved themselves for like a couple months, um, once they start eating again, uh, they get something called refeeding syndrome a lot of the time. And that part of uh, the symptoms of that include um, leg swelling. So, um, uh, you know, I was thinking back to cutting weight for tournaments like years ago. And I remember one time I, I cut wait for like about a month i was like on a really strict weight cut program and diet and i I think i lost about 30 pounds in the month and then uh uh so then you know of course after i after i made weight and fought and then um i came i came home and i was like oh it's time to eat it's time to eat i can eat anything i want oh let's get like you know just ridiculous you know just fast food desserts whatever you know and um so i was i was like playing video games and eating my ass off and um and like a couple days into it i was like oh my god my legs are swollen like what is this i never experienced this before and uh i never i mean it just went away after a day or two and uh i always wondered what that was and then just working on this eating disorder unit i was like oh my god i had refeeding syndrome (laughs) <laughs> so um i don't know it's like you're, i think your example is even better than that that i mentioned for like in that like if you've experienced something uh, helpful for like something that you went through that other people that you're caring for are going through you understand it to a to a level that like it makes it so that you'll be able to help them in a way that they'll they'll feel seen they'll feel understood they'll feel like you get them and that that is so primary for trust being you know an option if, you know for their experience um man it's just like they, and and it's a lot of times it's without even words without like saying anything they can they can you can you know when someone gets you and when someone's just like you know saying the right words or like you know just trying to be the be understanding or be supportive but they don't know what they don't get it they don't know what you're talking about you know you can feel that so it's it's huge i love what you said thank you it's like dating (laughs) um (laughs) there's i'm kind of sort of trying to do that but getting really good at picking out liars (laughs) and picking out you know somebody you know that's just trying to put on the charm it will mm. literally save your life but it it Ooh. matters so much like 
I connected with all of the professionals there at the hospital. Regardless of how they treated me. And I it matters so much for them to show their authentic self because I don't I don't want to have to catch you in a lie and call you out and they were like sign this paperwork to go home and it says don't sign anything while you have a concussion. <laughs> That's like the main thing it says on their paperwork. Okay, do you want me to leave or what? I don't know what you want. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Twisted. It's all of the flaws in our system that I want to help improve. So that's yeah. where I'm going to go, and I hope the hospital makes amends or whatever. I'm not going to be living in that area anymore. It's crazy over there. I'm, I'm, I need to be able to do this. And um, you said something earlier when you were giving your life story or your journey, your jiu-jitsu journey, um, yeah, yeah. about, oh, being able to, like, feel what your partner is mm. going to do. Is is intuition to me, and I'm a I'm a very introverted person. My personality type, if you know anything about that, is an INFJ. It's one of the rarest in the world. Yada yada. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care about that recognition, but it's nice to label uh, quirky things. And my intuition is the strongest part of me, and so um, that. I've had people that I've rolled with or trained with um, mm -hmm. say that my timing is impeccable. Mm -hmm. And that is my childhood. Come, I was raised in a Buddhist temple. Like I was raised into practicing reaching your intuition and connecting with the room or connecting with people and yourself like regularly yeah. for all of my life. So yeah. now I'm 36. So. I, and I practice meditation all the time, but that's awesome. that's part of where it comes from. But also music and dance. You oh, gotta totally. know when to. It's not really dancing if you don't. <laughs> it is dancing, but it's not good dancing unless mm -hmm. you're like actually in tune with the music and moving on the beat and stuff like that. So I dance. I, I dance hours a day, most day, like for oh. I don't know, like twenty years, something like that, like. I love music and, and dance and I sing and I mentioned that I'm, I'm trying to record my first song. So uh, awesome. it's, 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 it's all reinforcing my intuition. And mm -hmm. so like knowing how to feel other people, that's empathy. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a crucial part of being a human being and being alive is to yeah. have your intuition, your, your empathy for someone be, be strong and healthy and um so i just wanted to say that that i i think that that's a beautiful aspect and it connects us more with each other yeah absolutely you're you're so dalai lama right now uh you're like <laughs> several quotes are going off in my head like um you know uh like we we are social creatures we need to be warm-hearted and to take care of one another and to do that, we have to remember what we have in common as uh, human beings, you know. So it's not, when I go to work, I'm not a nurse taking care of patients. I'm a person taking care of people, 
you know, it's not, I'm not above anybody. I'm not below anybody. We're just, you know, and then that, that the in-group out-group thing in, in our, um, you know, if, if someone, if someone's like us, then we get, it's like natural to have the empathy for them. If someone is the same as us, if we're focused on the similarities, rapport and trust and, and care is kind of natural as opposed to like, if that's the out group, if that's the other, if that's the enemy tribe or whatever, you know, then there's like a natural, you know, defensiveness or, or, you know, exclude, excluding and, uh, or, you know, to the point of violence and just total refusal to treat them like a human being. And, and we see all sorts of examples of that in, you know, in our society in psychiatric settings in police interactions. Um, and, and actually I don't know anything more powerful than jujitsu to, to improve that. Um, because, you know, jujitsu is, it's not just the physical element of it, but the, the relational part and the energy part of that, you don't have to be afraid and they can feel that you can have, you can maintain your sincere compassion and, and support without, um, you know, aggression. And, um, I mean, it's just like, and then the element of self-improvement and helping each other to grow and to learn to better yourself and the, the, the physical health element of it is so healthy. It's like such an insanely good workout. Um, man, like, you know, and, and I love exercise that's good for you that you don't have to effort to do. And when somebody's choking you or trying to break your arm, it's really natural to just like use all your effort to, to defend yourself. And the beauty of the submission is so delicious and magical. You just like, it's so natural to pursue it fervently. So it's like, that's crazy exertion, but it doesn't take any effort because it's like a, a beautiful game or a magical moment or, oh my God, he's going to kill me. Or, or, oh my God, she's breaking my arm again and I can't stop her. What's wrong with me? She's way smaller than me. Damn it. I suck. You know, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, uh, I tell my girlfriend, um, we're going to have uh, superhero babies. We're going to have like six year olds that can choke out. <laughs> <their t> <laughs> I love seeing kids practice it. Like it's, it's so funny. I think there's there's a comical part of it for me because I came from being raised as not just a Buddhist, but like just like a monk. I'm I'm saying this on recording. It's fine. <laughs> like awesome. a yogi. Like awesome. like putting putting all of the information I was learning into practice and living my life that way. So my the things that I do are, are really service like that's the vows I've taken as, as a monk or a yogi like um it, it's to the core of me so um it's funny <laughs> that I ended up in MMA <laughs> and that everybody like my hometown and they're like is she okay like is she okay <laughs> yeah. I'm not but I am <laughs> yeah. I'm totally fine to us, you know. that's normal. Like, that's that monk mindset. Like, that's normal. Like, I, I totally relate to that. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, a normal person would think, is he okay? Because, like, you know, in a, I was just a white belt. And in a, in a IBJJF match, it was like the semifinal. And I went down to SoCal by myself. I was a white belt, you know. Uh, 
I competed in this tournament in the, in the second match, the semifinal, my knee fully dislocated. And the, I guess the ref didn't notice. And I was glad they didn't stop the match, but I didn't think about tapping for a second. All I could think was this dude's driving on my leg. That hurts. It's already out of socket. I got to do something to get him off of driving all this pressure onto my already dislocated leg. And then, you know, I ended up triangling him from the back and then fighting in the final and triangling that dude from top side. Um, and like, you know, my leg was like swelling up for 20 minutes in between. And, uh, you know, it's like a normal person would be like, are you okay? Like your leg broke and you didn't give up? Like, what, are you crazy? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you do that? It's not even for money. No one's even watched. Like, <laughs> like, are you, what the fuck is wrong with you? But, um, I mean, like, you know, another time my professor Eduardo, um, you know, we had a visiting black belt from Brazil. Now it's going to sound like I'm bragging, but, um, it's like the the fifth black belt that Professor Eduardo asked me to roll against, and I know he wanted me to buggy choke him because he wants to show his black belt, his white belt student, they're gonna choke his ass out with something he never seen before. So <laughs> I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta do my best. So this black belt dude, like he was like my size, uh, but he was putting this like amazing shoulder pressure cross face, uh, and and like, but I had him in the choke. And I, I knew it was deep, but he was putting this pressure on my neck like I never felt before. And I knew I should tap, but Professor was right there next to me watching and he had just assigned us. And I was like, I got to do my best and I can feel the choke is deep. This guy's close to tapping. And it's, you know, as a white belt, if you feel like you're close to tapping a black belt, you you give anything for it, you know, it's like and then Professor's watching, you know, so like. I didn't know at the time that my neck was breaking and he was blowing out a bunch of discs and I was going to be incapacitated for two years with constant shooting nerve pain and the whole left side of my body was going to shrivel up and atrophy and spasm constantly with shooting fire nerve pain for two years. I didn't realize it at the time, but I choked that motherfucker out and he tapped out to my inner bug choke and uh, professor was right there. And, I, you know, I don't want to go through that again, but I can't say I regret it, you know? It sounds like, oh, it's crazy. It's that. Yeah. That's yeah. like, that's <laughs> like going to school and getting your PhD and like, uh, you're about to get published, but it's, I don't know. It's going to ruin your career. What Like you do it because it's your passion. That's why you're there. You know, like it's, it's, that's, amazing uh i need to know more about this buggy choke i can't just ignore that 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 uh, that's pretty incredible uh that you did that um tell me about this buggy choke please okay. and where like so, how you came like yeah go ahead yeah. okay so um you know i'm skinny nerdy white dude okay like many uh jujitsu practitioners and um uh so I trained in Berkeley all the time, Half Gracie Berkeley, 1500 Ashby, come visit us. First class is always free. Professor Eduardo, Newton, everybody's amazing. Um, so I, I was getting crushed under side control. I could never get under, out of just being dominated. You know, I was a white belt, so that's just normal. 
So I spent a lot of time on the bottom, bottom half, bottom side, under mount. Yeah, just getting crushed. So one time, uh, Big Dave, um, one of the black belts uh, and co-owners of the school, um, he kind of like took pity on me and he was like, Austin, come here, let me, I just watched you get your ass whooped by like three people and you just suck and you can't do anything. So he didn't say that, he was nice, you know, but that's, I'm sure that's why he took the time. To <laughs> Yeah, so pitiful. So he's like, all right, if you, um, I'm trying to think how to word it. It's basically like if you uh, get their head and arm, um, sweetie, can I use you? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> basically, like if you're on bottom side, if you can kind of, Come over here. Thank you. My girlfriend, Lisa. Uh, go, go like uh, your knees here. Like hold me down. And then just crush me here. Smash me here. So he was like, okay, if you're here, if you can get a grip here, where you have their arm and their head, you can kind of use your free foot left foot here to hip escape to open their elbow away from their body you can kind of try to take them over like sweep so he was like when you're in bottom side control just grab here and like hold them and that at least it'll help you defend yourself so i was doing that one time at um 10th planet walnut creek with professor alex kanders um iron monkey legion and um you know, it was no gi because it's 10th planet. So uh, I was holding my my leg ligament here and I was trying to hold them and trying to do something. And he, you know, he was like, okay, I'm gonna just smash this white belt. And I was like, shit, I'm getting tired because it's kind of, I'm having to kind of clamp down here. I was trying to like grab my shorts, like, and then trying to hold on like that. And then I was like, oh, I gotta get deeper like this, trying to hold on my shorts because he's, I'm just getting tired, couldn't hold him. And then I was like, oh, my, my elbow's right by the inside of my knee and he's posturing out and pressing out. So like, you know, I have, I have to hold on the grip with my hand. So if I just loop my, my elbow inside of my knee socket right there, that lets my knee hold my elbow in place from his posturing pressure to get out. And then I was like, from there, I was like, oh, my God, my hand is just right here. And that really just like covers everything in deeper. And you can make like little adjustments to go tighter and tighter. And then again, the hip escape to open their elbow, sweep over. So basically, I was trying to do that. Thank you. So. Your, your shoes swinging her around and <laughs> thanks for the demonstration. Yeah. So, so like, um, he busted out of it. I didn't, I couldn't get near finishing him. He busted out of it and he tapped me out five times, like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty roughly. Right. He dominated me. He was like, I'm gonna show this fucking white belt. Yeah, he didn't say that, but afterwards he was like, he's a good friend of mine. Great guy. Um, he's like, dude, sorry for going so hard on you. I know you're a white belt, like, and visiting, you know, 
like this is not your home school. I know you're a beginner. Sorry for tapping you out five times rapidly. I hope that was not like too harsh. And I was like, you know, I was like, no, 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 it's cool. He was, he said, you know, the reason I kind of went hard is like that headlock thing you had me in was like, was like pretty tight. And I was like, start like a light bulb in my head. I was like, oh my God. Like, because he said like, oh, it kind of frustrated me, the headlock thing you had me in. And that's why he like whooped me so hard. So I was like, oh my God, like if I can frustrate a head professor and I'm like beginner white belt, uh, I was like, oh my God, there's gotta be something here. There's something here. So that same day, that was a a Sunday morning, uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. open mat, 10th Planet, Walnut Creek. Come check it out, guys. It's it's free every Sunday. It's awesome. So uh, I went from there to my home gym, Half Gracie Berkeley open mat from 10 a.m. to noon. Come check us out, guys. It's free every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon. Um, uh, What's it called? Uh, So I went there and I grappled against this dude um, who was a purple belt at the time. Now he's black belt and he's, you know, IBJJF champion, uh, stronger than me, heavier than me. And I I put him in the the same thing and uh, like after brainstorming with Alex, after like talking about the headlock thing and he um anyway I, I put this purple belt at the time champion purple belt dude in the same move and he tapped and i was like mind blown because this guy had whooped me every single time for like years three four years at that time and it's like i had never come even close to submitting him he always just crushed me and whooped me submitted me hundreds of times you know so i there that solidified my belief like it just like my belief in the possibility just like i was obsessed i was like a i was like a starved dog with like meat hanging just out of reach you know and all i could think about every time i woke up is that meat and every time i go to bed it's all i can smell like metaphorically you know like I was just like, let me improve this technique. Let me find out what the hell the, the dynamics of it are because it's my best move. It's the only thing I ever caught or frustrated these high level guys. Then the more and more I, I played it, the more I uh, I was like catching the best guys I'd ever caught. And every time it was with buggy choke, some ver- variation. And I found that there's, you can flip your your hips orientation to the guy and hit it facing them and then that you can hit it facing them from bottom side control bottom half from full guard you can hit both inverse buggies and buggies from the back you can hit it from mount from top side control from bottom north south it man you can hit it from like crucifix basically like every position except for being under someone's mount it's like every position other than that you can do some variation of buggy choke and almost no one sees it coming, you know? I, uh, that's amazing. And the last thing I I was working on before my concussion was getting out of mount. <laughs> so that's actually my strongest move right now. So now I just need to learn the buggy choke variations and compete. <laughs> you crush them. It's, it's so much fun because every time you catch them, it's like they ask you, what the hell was that? I never seen that before. What did you just do to me? 
And, you know, I'm a white belt and black belts are asking me this. And then I'll go travel and the same thing. It's not like I tap all of the black belts. Of course, they tap me. I'm, I'm, I'm not the best. You know, I'm a, I'm a freaking blue belt. I'm a weakling. Like so many people just crush me. But once in a while you catch them and it's like guys that are just way better than me, you know, and it's like, what does a white belt dream of more than that? You know, it's like. <laughs> I wanted to learn it because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's exactly why I, I have two stripes. I want to yeah, learn I, something that will set me apart, which I know I'm I'm probably pretty unique anyway. But I mean, like moves, like I'm I'm I, when I shadow box, I'm dancing at the same time, so I'm learning how to continue to move. When I'm um, watching UFC and shadow boxing, when I'm I, I'm trying to in, in, incorporate these moves into like my movement, and so I'm trying to do what you what you done, you know, in my own way and, and finding my own way. And um, yeah. now I'm gonna be obsessed with fucking jokes, and I'm gonna have to learn uh, all these very. I have to learn them. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> It's so it's so cool, too, because like once you understand the dynamic of the choke, like how to uh, tighten it and advance it, the same dynamic applies whatever position you uh, are setting it up from, because uh, basically it's a scissors, you know, like uh, so like the two points of the scissors are your shoulder and your knee. So what's happening is the scissors close. Then you lock it in place and you squeeze it even more closed. So like, see there's space there now in the scissors and then the space is closed. I don't know if I can quite see that, but I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people think of it as a triangle, but I think it's more efficient to, to think of it as a, a scissors. Um, and then you just bring the points of the scissors past each other and press. Um, so it's, it's really quite simple even though it's kind of um, really pretty counterintuitive at first, especially some of the uh, hip escaping that you're doing to set it up. Um, it's like, it's like nonsensical at first. It seems like that's not the way you would do it. But then like, once you feel it, once you feel it, it's like, it makes sense, you know? Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of instruction out, a lot of video, um, buggy chokers group on facebook if you just search uh, buggy chokers and then uh, there's instagram deep sage is d-e-e-p-s-a-g-e-i-s at deep sages um lots of buggy choke instructional stuff and it, i mean they're hitting it all over the world now various variations and people finally caught on that it's not just from bottom side control it's from like every position uh, i mean master Henner gracie is saying it's this new move that's taking over jiu-jitsu i'm like you know I'm, I'm only a blue belt and all this happened when i was white belt. it's like unbelievable to get to live this kind of movie you know i didn't even i never thought i could find a move or some shit like that it's like it just kind of happened you know so exactly. the support so from cool. everybody has just been unbelievable uh, the Gracies, you know, Master Half, everybody. It's just Master Eduardo. It's unbelievable the kind of support. You know, it's like unreal level of unfairly blessed life. You know, so especially for as obsessed and 
passionate and in love with jiu-jitsu and i'm a total fanboy of all these big names and they're doing my shit i'm just like oh my god crazy <laughs> it's crazy amazing to feel that every day i mean i i need to come to you can i come to your gym can i come and, and please meet come. these people <laughs> let me know yeah it'd be yeah. great to train you know I guess I could fly or drive or whatever, but I'm not that I'm I'm in Colorado, so um yeah, I could come. Not too uh, far. That would be fun. Yeah. Dude, come, come out. We'll shoot lots of good video. Man, we'll do a whole like uh rolling session. Oh my god. So I'm a fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, honestly. <laughs> I got buggy chokes. Um <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to give, I don't know, maybe five more minutes, and then we can wrap. If you want to show me anything, we can do that as well, but you've shown me things, so I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, but for the last few minutes, I guess, if you have any questions for me, um, I'll, you can ask me any questions that you want, and then I'll just yeah. kind of close with some of my jujitsu history. Yeah, tell me, about, um, tell me about your podcast, the projects you have going on. Oh, okay. So, um, I hate talking about myself. I just invited you to ask me questions, and I'm like, not at all. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, okay. So this podcast, Freedom to Fight, I started July of this year. Great I, name, thank you. Um, I have a, a, a virtual counseling pro, uh, practice called Freedom to Connect, Freedom awesome. to Connect Counseling, LLC, but I, I wanted to kind of I'm, I'm trying to share the message of martial arts. Science says martial arts heals trauma. Um, Cecil Vanderkolk is my, he's the trauma person, you know, and I read his book, The Body Keeps the Score, and nice. Luis Ca yeah. Ca Casalino. Luis Casalino is a poetic writer, and he quotes the Dalai Lama and several yeah. other philosophical people I got to teach on his book in my master's program. So I got to uh, be a teaching assistant um, to PhD students over this book. So I kind of helped teach neuroscience to something that I'm not trained in. <laughs> to but I understand the concept of, of it based on Buddhism and the, the things that I've learned in life. So I, I helped teach that class with Dr. Michael Ellison. He's in, in Texas and he's gonna be on my show soon. Um, oh <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, I just, I, I'm losing my train of thought. I'm just talking, this is why I don't talk about myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're nailing it. You're nailing it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I was saying, what, what was the question? I don't remember the question. <laughs> uh, no, you, you answered it. The, uh, the projects, the podcasts. Awesome. Projects. Okay. So yes, the other part, the other part of the project. So I, I have. The freedom to connect counseling virtual practice i have um freedom to fight it's llc it's the podcast for this so um i also have the water crisis project i need to say this because this is something i got to do in my graduate program um i got to with my uncle um help provide clean water to flint michigan and to a few families i flew there with one other person because <laughs> that's safe Flint is a very dangerous place. So is Detroit. Like we were just there, two women. 
anyway, I connected with the University of Michigan with the organization there while I was in graduate school to help raise money for water distillers. I, I own a water distiller. I tested the water here, I'm sorry, in Texas, and then in Flint to make sure it would clean the water. It does, I got, I raised money through putting on music benefits and selling cookies and talking about it through Lyft. And I, I raised money and, and helped 20 families. I would like to still continue to help them and help Jackson, Mississippi, but um, those are those are things that I'm actively doing um, outside of trying to record music and and do you know I I was in a few web series as well like I'm just I have to do stuff I've got too much energy I can't like sit Good. Um, Good. <laughs> so I'm I those are the projects that I have that are on Instagram so freedom underscore to underscore fight. Um, is my Instagram handle, uh, Anura, my first name, 860, is my my personal um, handle, which connects all of those pages together, and the Water Crisis Project as well. Um, I, that, I answered that question, so <laughs> next question. Awesome. Um, oh, let's see. Um, oh, um, tell me about, uh, like, an ideal uh, jiu-jitsu environment for you? Like if you were to find a school that's like just really just what you're looking for and has like the, like it could be like the way the professor is, the way the culture is, the way the students treat you, the way, you know, the actual facilities are, whatever you're looking for that would be ideal for you. Just like, I don't know, just describe that for, I think a lot of people could really uh, relate to, you know, what you're looking for. I know that's a great question. And um, I, when I started martial arts, I, I realized that that I need a place where I can train at home. I, I mean, yeah, wood floors are nice with mats or whatever, whatever is nice, but I want to build a gym on some land for me and my friends to come and use. So I, I, I'm going to pursue that. But if, if I were to find a gym or create a gym myself, um, I realized that jujitsu is an aspect of meditation and um, it is meditation more than anything. And so uh, I, I had a, a unique experience before my concussion where my professor said that he, when he got first got his black belt, I think, I think he's had it for a decade. He's uh, professor Robert Wonderluck. Um, he would train with his eyes closed. Nice. Started doing that, and I was better with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. well, that's crazy. <laughs> but that intuition, that sense. I dance with my eyes closed sometimes too, and I dance in the dark because it's tricking your brain. Like I want to, I want to know the move. <laughs> right. I don't want to kind of know it. Right. In certain situations, I if I'm going to dance in front of people, I don't want it to be bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really have worked on it, and um, I think meditation, teaching people about yoga and breathing, all of that. I think maybe even um, starting a class with music and getting like even dancing together. Like I, I, it's so serious. Like using just dance 
um, through, I did that when I worked in foster care. I danced with my boss, with the foster all of it. It connected us, it loosened us up. Then we could mm. do meditation and breathing, and then we could start, you know, because it's about the relationships. It's, it's feeling safe around men being on top of you and just, right. you know, choking you. And, and like that healed, that helped heal my relationship with men to be around guys that were, I could trust that were not right. going to seriously harm me. Like, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's powerful. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Great. That it reminds me of this Next one. Question. No. Uh, takes me back this, uh, this one tournament match. It's actually my first tournament at blue belt. It's like a, um, a in-house, it was at half Gracie, San Francisco. And, um, I remember my friend, uh, John was, um, you know, I saw him beforehand. I knew he was in the, in the same bracket as me. And I was like, I'll see you in the final, bro. And, and we did, we ended up in the final. We both won our first two or three matches. And then, you know, and he's my nemesis. He always beats me in competition. He's beat me like three times and every time it's by points. Uh, he submitted me a bunch in, in, you know, training at school too, but, um, in tournaments, man, I think three times he has me by points. But um, in that match, uh, there's like a picture and my eyes are closed. And I remember I was like trying to feel his, you know, he was like passing my half guard and I'm like, you know, calm, blank face with my eyes closed, just feeling it and like breathing. It's very meditative. Yeah, it can, it can be, I guess, you know. Depends on it depends on your approach and your style. Some people probably like hyperventilating and panic attacks and like, you know, like, oh my God, it's choking me, standard beginning stuff. You know, that was me for days. But uh yeah, it's it, it's really very when I say intimate, I mean in in the depth and the the spaciousness of your awareness of the other, you know. Is not sex. It's not always right. sex. It, it's, right. it's mental health professionals know that. <laughs> they know it's 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 your relation with this. Yeah, exactly. being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I I'm so happy <laughs> that you came on the show and that you got me to talk about Thank stuff you. I probably wouldn't have talked about. <laughs> You're awesome. I don't Thanks like talking about myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, do you want to show me any? It's totally fine if if uh, this sure. is we're fine. <laughs> Can I use you? We should stop recording and then record a separate video, Can maybe I, just for the for the movement. Okay. Change into my gi too, because I can't. I I don't. I want to mimic what you're doing. So if you'll give me just All a right. couple of minutes, I'll I'll go change. I'm in a dress. So <laughs> sure. I'll go change fine, and, yeah, yeah. um, do you want, should I, I think I should stop the recording and then do another one. Is, do you think that's that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll send you a, another link in just a minute. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> you. Okay. So that's it. <laughs> Thanks for joining me and us today. If you want to know how to support me so that I can, you know, pay my bills and stuff, <laughs> uh, you can subscribe uh, monthly. You can, um, there's ad, through ads, there's 
you can go to my Instagram at Anura, A-N-U-R-A 860. Um, that's my page. You can Venmo me. Uh, it's the same handle, Anura 860. Uh, go to Freedom to Fight. It's freedom underscore two underscore fight both instagram um i'm getting a facebook page i'm getting a website going um reach out to me email freedom to connect two two three at proton.me again it's freedom to connect two two three at proton.me. Uh, find me online, reach out to me if you want an interview, um, and give me feedback about these episodes and pay me money. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, till next time.